in those early years, um, when I came to know the Lord, um, he, he and his family were so against it that they actually advised him to divorce me. Joy spent many lonely years trying to trust God and love her husband well. Thankfully, she found the support and encouragement she needed. I think that God just really used focus on the family um, and your guys' ministry to grow me and um, prepare me and um, guide my heart to live out um, in front of my husband what it means to follow Christ. And the best news of all is that Joy's husband also became a follower of Jesus. I'm Jim Daly. When we work together, we can strengthen more marriages like Joy's and give families hope. Please call 800, the letter A in the word family, or donate at focusonthefamily.com slash hope, and your gift will be doubled. toughest things you can face as a mom or a dad is when your child has gone completely off the rails and is stuck in a really difficult, maybe even dangerous pattern. There was a moment when one of my girls um, was struggling with an eating disorder, mm-hmm. and we, we watched her wither about 25 pounds uh, weight loss over the course of several months, and um, we finally got intervention, but it was so hard. It was draining. It was exhausting. It was scary. I'm John Fuller in the studio with Dr. Danny Huerta, who heads up the Focus on the Family parenting team. Danny, there are probably a lot of reactions you get from parents who uh, have kids who aren't doing well. Are there any commonalities in in parents who you're meeting with who say, "Uh, this or that, or I'm feeling? Yeah, most of the time they'll say, I I don't know what to do. Hmm. A sense of powerlessness or disorientation. Uh, I've heard them say, I just didn't see this coming. And, and now I don't know what to do. And so it's just, it's that place of, of powerlessness, helplessness, and what a, an invitation to be able to step into that place with parents. And how can we, as non-therapists, as non-trained counselors, how can we come alongside that person? Yeah, first listen. Just be present and available. That's, that's a first, first step. And some people don't have very many trusted friends that they can just unload with. Well, let's go ahead and hear now from Allison Botke, who has walked through difficult days as a parent, and here's part of her story as she shares with Jim Daly. Now, you have a really dramatic story. We've kind of saved this toward the end of today. We're going to come back next time. We're going to talk about solutions that you've learned over your experiences. But um, Christopher, your son, when he was dealing with addictions, you didn't really even recognize him any longer. Describe what was going on and how that challenged you as a mom. This is the serious stuff that some families are going yeah, through. And, and sadly, there's a lot with, with, between the opioid addiction and the challenges sure. that we have today. Um, my, my son was a heroin addict, and uh, he came home. I allowed him to come home one time, um, and unbeknownst to me, he was going cold turkey from a heroin addiction, which mm-hmm. you don't do. And I didn't know that. I didn't know that was what was happening. He was and back home. You he were was happy. Back home. Not so much about happy, but... but well, you we probably, were, your heart was glad that he was I safe. I knew he was, exactly. Yeah. You know, I, but I didn't know the extent of his addiction uh, until I found him in withdrawal, which was a horrible, mm. horrible thing. And, and taking him to the emergency room, and he, he was someone I didn't know. I, I had never seen my son like this. And understanding that as a parent what our children are going through and what they really are capable and not capable of, you know, and what has 
altered their ability to, to you know, take care of themselves. Is it drugs? Is it emotional? Is it mental illness? Is there a, a negative thoughts? Is, is there painful memories? Is something, you know, a lot of our kids have PTSD, which we don't even want to think of for 20s and 30s, sure. but they're, go- they're going through a lot. So understanding really where our kids are and what they're capable of, um, and not just putting them in a little box and saying, every, every, you're this age, you should be doing this. You're this, you should be doing this. There is no should be for some of these kids. We just don't mm-hmm. know. And, and drugs affected my son so radically that it was, I, as a parent, gave me more reason to want to bail him out and fix things and take care of him. But it, it didn't help. It just continued the spiral. Yeah. And let's, you know, I think it's really helpful for people to understand from your own experience, you know, the things that God taught you. Uh, Help us understand the background and factors that led to the troubles that you experienced with your son. Uh, You've stated it started with your your own rough upbringing. Uh, what happened for you? What were those triggers for you? For me, well, I, I was raised in a very poor family as well. My parents were divorced. My, I had a single mom and three siblings. I was the middle child. I was, you know, the middle child. You were the, the overlooked child. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, I laugh about it. Yeah, but I didn't know I was poor. You know, you don't know you're poor when, when there's other things. And, and my mom was a, you know, great provider. Um, Right. But but she got very sick, and I was sent to foster care. And during foster care, I was abused and beaten. My my brother was, too. So it was a horrible situation. We were gone. She was in the hospital for two weeks, and we were in a foster home for t- two weeks. Just two weeks. Just two weeks. But had mm. had the police not found me, these, the foster parents left my brother and I in an abandoned house. They were gone. How old are you at this point? I was five years old. Yeah. Um, mm. five, and your brother and was younger? My brother was a couple months old in a... Wow. In a crib. And they found me locked underneath the stairwell. And my eyes were punched shut. I, I don't remember any of this. Um, but I had a fear of the dark, horrible fear of the dark. Um, sure. And, and really grew up not understanding why, what, what that fear came from. But also being in a broken home, you know, that, that love of a father was really, we all need that. And I didn't have that from an earthly father. And I didn't grow up in a Christian family. So I didn't have that love of a heavenly father. And I wanted to fill that with something. So I, I was one of those you know, young people that went off and ran away and got married. I was 15, Very young. 15 years old. Yeah. Oh, really? Uh, and it was because I knew I was strong-willed. You know, um, I knew that this is what I wanted to do. I, this man was a wonderful human being. He was, you know, we, we belonged together. It this was, man who was 16? He actually, he was 18. So okay. He was an older man. Right. The older man. Oh, it was a nightmare. He turned out to be incredibly abusive. Right. Um, the first time he hit me was the day we were married. And I thought, mm-hmm. whoa, wait a minute. What is happening here? So my whole life and issues was all caught up in how I responded to people and how I needed and wanted love and how I perceived love, what that was to me. And, and control was a big issue. Being able to, you know, be so out of control with that, with abuse, it's a horrible thing to experience that and be able to become strong enough to get out of that relationship. And I had my son. I had my son when I was 16. And I, and I, I vowed I was going to be, you know, a great mom and take care of him and, and do everything I you know could to take care of it. And to me, that equated oh. to money. It was a lot of it was yeah, money. Yeah, and Allison, I can imagine. I mean, my heart goes out to you because of those experiences. No child should ever experience no. that. And seriously, I. But it does create some formative inputs for you. And I can only imagine. You know, your greatest goal as a mom was not to let 
your son suffer in any way. Exactly. And, and, that's and, a lot so, of- and so the basis is right, but then the outcome can be really wrong, yeah. right? Exactly. And, and it's amazing how many parents do have skeletons in their closet as young people. We, aren't, we don't all grow up in perfect families. And how we become parents and how we learn that role is very tied into our youth, how we were raised, what, yeah. what, what, what we're filling or not filling in our heart. Allison was so honest about her own past and how that might have contributed to some of her son's struggles. Uh, Danny, there are probably parents who are thinking, I did pretty much all the right things, but my kids still went off the rails and still went sideways. Uh, what's your word to them? Well, kids have their own journey. And I, I really, uh, if, it's destructive to go to self-blame. That's not helpful. Uh, you've, if, if you've done everything you could and your child has still made those decisions, just know you gave them the, the foundation they need to be able to reset when they need to do that. And I love this. Uh, I was drinking tea the other day, John. Okay. And I got one of those little uh, things on the back of it. And it said, accept the challenge you are facing. It may become your greatest gift. I'd love to think about that. Hmm. I was going, okay, what challenges could become my greatest gift? And if is this one of those where my child, I know I've given everything. There's a molding and a shaping of a gift that God hmm. is faithful in. And I know that... Uh, I just need to be all in, and I need to be confident in what I've done. I know I've done the best I could, and confident in that Christ loves my child. That would make me available rather than self-blaming and in shame. Then I'm distracted, and I'm not available to my child that's confused and distracted by whatever they're pursuing. And so lean in as a parent instead of stepping back and beating yourself. Yeah, I think the enemy—I agree with you. I think the enemy wants us to feel discouragement and shame and blame and uh, to look at what we might have contributed here. But God says, I can redeem all of this. Mm -hmm. Just the other day I was reading in the book of Ezekiel, God said, every soul is mine. Every soul. Mm -hmm. We don't get to snatch those souls from God. We're not responsible for our child's soul. They will have to own those decisions. God can redeem it all. And John, I've seen many times where God has done just that. Mm Uh, So I want to have a word of encouragement. If you're in the middle of this, know that I've seen it over and over again where parents provided a really good, steadfast foundation. The child went off the rails for a while and came back much stronger in their faith towards Christ. And uh, God became more real to them in their place of weakness and vulnerability. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the story isn't over. And if you're feeling like it is and you need somewhere to turn, but you don't know anybody that can help, please give our counseling team a call. Our number is 800, the letter A in the word family. Uh, They'll take your name and number. They'll get back to you just as soon as they can. And uh, that'll be a life-giving conversation, I'm sure. They'll encourage you and pray for you about struggles you're dealing with. And you can learn more of Allison's story and the things she's learned uh, in her book, Setting Boundaries with Your Adult Children. Make a generous donation of any amount today to the Ministry of Focus on the Family, either a monthly pledge or a one-time gift, and we'll say thank you by sending a copy of that book to you. Details are in the show notes. More from Allison next time, and uh, for now, on behalf of Dr. Danny Huerta and the entire team, I'm John Fuller. Thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. A mysterious phone call and a new nemesis? Emily Jones and Matthew Parker are on the case. 
I just need to find out who this person is. Oh, sounds like a real mystery. It all starts with a phone caller threatening to blackmail Jones and Parker's friend Jeremy. But this new nemesis won't stop there. Can Emily and Matthew figure out who this blackmailer is before it's too late? Solve the mystery with them by reading Jones and Parker Case Files, The Nemesis. It's the second book in the series with 16 new stories full of fun, faith, and intrigue. It's a great way for kids ages 8 to 12 to sharpen their detective skills while learning important values. Inspect clues, examine the evidence, and try to guess who done it. This is going to be harder than I thought, Mr. Whitaker. Uh-huh. Oh, stop saying that, Priscilla. Relax. We're going to have a blast. For more, go to adventuresinodyssey.com slash Jones and Parker. That's adventuresinodyssey.com slash Jones and Parker.